Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD innovation. This is Dr. Greg Goodman on The Modern MD, episode 46. We've got Dr. Jeff Gold, who is the founder of Gold Direct Care, the first direct primary care practice in Massachusetts. Jeff is a family physician by training. He attended the University of Massachusetts Medical School. After completing his residency in Arizona, he moved back to Massachusetts and started working for North Shore Physician Group. Jeff was continuously frustrated with the traditional system and with a passion for improving care delivery and patient experience, Jeff launched Gold Direct Care. Jeff, welcome to The Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Greg. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. So Jeff, tell me a little bit about you personally and your entrepreneurial journey. It's tough to say because like, I never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I grew up in a small business family and, you know, saw how hard my parents and grandparents work, you know, to provide for me being an only child. And, you know, I was always kind of inspired by that, but they were in the retail business and I, and I knew the retail wasn't for me. You know, I never saw myself doing anything entrepreneurial in healthcare. You know, I always just wanted to be a doctor. What happened is when I started in residency, I, would work in the office in the clinic and realize that I'm not really being much of a doctor. I'm, I'm being more of a uh, assembly line worker, which you know isn't a bad thing, but it is when you're trying to provide healthcare to people and, and be empathic and patient and you know listen to people. Which you know in primary care we're we're problem solvers in terms of having to think, and when you don't have a lot of time to think, you can't really provide good care. For me, you know, I worked about nine years as an employed physician in, in the regular system, but there was always something about how healthcare was paid for and about how we were delivering it that just never made any sense to me. And when I heard about the direct primary care model a few years ago, I started, re- you know, reading uh, left and right about the Affordable Care Act and direct primary care and the difference between that and concierge medicine. And, and it just seemed like it was the right fit you know, for what I wanted to do. And, you know, for the eight, nine years that I was employed, it worked. You know, I, I had made a good living and I was busy and I was fast and could code and document well and get in and out. But at the end of the day, I really didn't feel like I was providing the type of care that really, you know, was my, that I grew up with, with the pediatrician I had and some of the doctors I had uh, as a kid. So I, you know, just started looking at how to do this, you know, and here I am. Absolutely love it, Jeff. I think it's uh, incredible that you kind of uh, were looking outside the box, looking at some of the other models. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's about providing good care to the patients and spending time and, you know, the uh, patient doctor relationship. So we love to start the show off with the success quote. Do you have a quote that's important to you or, you know, something that you kind of live by? I actually gave my best friend to use in our in our high school yearbook is his quote was uh, it's a Milton Berle quote. Uh, it was an old comedian. And it says, if opportunity doesn't knock, build the door. You know, that's what you kind of have to do is you can continue to go along with the way things are and wait and wait and wait. But at some point, you just got to go build the door and make it happen. 
even though I gave the quote to him and I didn't use it in my own yearbook, it's kind of always stuck with me a little bit. You're definitely building a door and maybe many more doors. I think at Gold Direct Care, super cool. So I want to talk, I know you talked a little bit about your journey in terms of, you know, spending nine years in the traditional system and then, you know, transitioning. Can you talk just a little bit? I know there's a lot of doctors, you know, that are looking at direct primary care or looking at some of the other opportunities in healthcare. What was kind of your mindset? I mean, how did you make that decision? I know you did some research. How did you kind of think about that? You know, what was the transition like for you? You know, I think truthfully, I think, you know, it certainly wasn't an overnight decision. I mean, it's definitely not something that you wake up and say, hey, in the state of Massachusetts, which is so highly regulated and driven by the insurance-based model that I'm just going to go and try to do this on a whim. I mean, I think you definitely have to, you know, think it out and do your research. But truthfully, the decision was kind of made for me, you know, with all this high-risk coding that was coming down and down the pike and ICD-10 and, you know, the demands of, you know, what was required to do in a 10-minute visit with a patient. The decision was kind of made for me as I said, look, you know, I could either, you know, as scary as this is, you know, I had to ask myself what was scarier, taking the leap to do this at 38, you know, years of age, you know, getting close to 40, or do I stay and, and then in five years be told I have to see 30 patients a day, you know, and more coding and more unnecessary documentation that has nothing to do with primary care, you know, that's taking away from patient care and time with patient care. I mean, truthfully, I think, you know, if a lot of patients were actually, statement I use all the time is all of us are patients, not all of us are doctors. And I think that all of us at some point get to see the patient side of healthcare and all have our experiences, good and bad, that we can share. But not everyone's a doctor, and not everyone unfortunately gets to see what goes on on the doctor and and nursing and providing care of medicine. And I think they'd really be mortified if they saw, you know, what was going on and what their doctors and nurses were expected to do that had nothing to do with actually taking care of them. So the decision was really made for me because I felt I could not continue to go down the path I was going. I think I would have been burnt out and done by the time I was, by the time of like age 50, maybe. I think I would have been cooked. You know, I think such an important point, you know, I was listening to the statistics on burnout. You know, it's upwards of 60% in certain professions like family medicine and, you know, the paperwork and the grind, I think, versus the patient care. It's awesome that you kind of made the jump and, you know, building the future in Massachusetts and hopefully, you know, expanding. So I want to jump into the idea to venture section. Can you talk about Gold Direct Care, you know, launching in Massachusetts? Uh, you're the first direct primary care practice in Massachusetts. Super innovative. I've had the chance to work with you. Would love to kind of hear, you know, the story behind it, you know, kind of what you guys are doing. I truly enjoyed the people that I worked with, you know, my prior job. I worked with a great bunch of docs, a great staff. Went out and visited, you know, Josh Umber out at Atlas MD in Wichita, Kansas, and had ongoing talks with him about, you know, how to do this. And I looked at, you know, all the different models of direct primary care that people were doing, from MedLion, you know, to Atlas, Iora, you know, Health here in Boston. You know, technically, it's the first one in Mass. They just do it on a much bigger scale than what I'm doing. You know, I really looked at different resources. It was tough, but I just felt like the Atlas MD model was really what I saw in myself. And that's pretty much what I modeled, you know, my practice after. 
the key that I say to anybody is doctors were obviously not very well trained in business and accounting and budgeting and all the things that you really need to do to be a business person. The key that I always say to people is make sure you surround yourself with people you trust and know more than you do in terms of those aspects and admit when you don't know something because I was fortunate enough to have a patient who really believed in what I was doing, loan me the money on very good terms in order to do this and help me with the budgeting and help me with all the financials and all the stuff that if I had to do on my own, it probably would have taken me two years to just do a budget. So I think the key is, you know, don't go it alone and, you know, always try to find people who know more than you and can support you and, and help you. For me, that was that was a really key step in being able to actually implement the how. You know, I had the why and I knew what the why was, but implementing the how is a completely different ballgame. I think that's incredible advice. I mean, it's always, I think, super beneficial to kind of surround yourself with the right people. And I think you're really blessed to kind of find somebody that, you know, believed in the mission and, and had some additional skill sets to help get the, uh, you know, Gold Direct Care launched. One of the biggest challenges for people in any entrepreneurship venture or anything you start, there's kind of these ups and downs. What do you think the hardest part about leaving the traditional model and going into the direct primary care model for you has been, and how do you think you've overcome some of those challenges? I mean, I think the hardest part is really just doing it in general. I honestly compare the analogy I use for, you know, doctors and patients that are in the current system, and, and this isn't like anything demeaning. I really think it's a Stockholm syndrome. You know, people have just been kidnapped by this third-party payment system, and it's all they know, and they have no idea how to get out of it. It's almost like being in a bad, abusive relationship that, you know, they have no idea how to escape. It's, I mean, think about it. No one would ever pay what they're paying in any other industry, you know, at a restaurant or any other industry, maybe air travel is another one, but, and accept, you know, the quality and the service that they're getting like they do in healthcare. But I just don't see, you know, I think it's a struggle for them, doctors and patients alike, you know, to get out and say, look, you know, we can do better. And I think, unfortunately, the more we continue to let this top-down approach happen, the more doomed we are. You know, the incentives have to be aligned with the producer of the service and the consumer of the service, which is the doctors and the patients. And that's what medicine was built on was the patient-physician relationship. And I think until we straighten that out and align those incentives, nothing's going to change. It's just going to continue to be more bloated. And patients need to realize they need their doctors working for them based on the oath they took rather than, you know, a third-party being the provider, which is what's happening right now, in my opinion. Um, I think the doctors do the best they can, but I think the hard part is just taking that initial, you know, foot. I, you know, I kind of use like the pool analogy when you're a kid and, you know, you think the water is going to be cold and you keep, you know, dipping your toe in the foot. And at some point, someone just finally yells, get in the damn pool and you just jump in. And I think to some degree, you have to kind of do that because it's very easy to talk yourself out of this because there's the comfort level of knowing that you got a paycheck, you have benefits. You're guaranteed, you know, a panel size and patience. And I mean, truthfully, doing this, you have no idea what's going to happen. And you have to just be comfortable being uncomfortable. I love it, Jeff. <laughs> I love both analogies. I think you've got to kind of dive in the pool, hopefully escape. Well, the other thing I was just going to say, too, is, you know, you've got to think of best case scenario, you know, the average case scenario and the worst case scenario. And, you know, you have to plan accordingly and you have to be prepared that, you know, if something doesn't work, you know, what's your backup plan? And and the good thing is all of us have an MD or a DO, you know, or an RN, you know, or an MP after our name, which 
you know, given the healthcare system, you're, you're going to be able to find a job, you know, anywhere. So, I mean, I think, you know, there is that cushion that if it doesn't work, you know, I said to myself, well, I can always recontract with insurers if I want. I'll never do that. But you just always have to have a backup plan, too. I think you're right. I mean, medicine, it's a pretty beautiful profession in terms of, you know, being able to find, you know, some sort of employment, even uh, if it doesn't work. I think it's a great way to think about it. In terms of Massachusetts, I know it's a tough state. I know you've got a tremendous amount of experience. I know the model's you know, very, you know, state by state. What do you see as some of the exciting parts of Mass and, and maybe some of the challenges that you faced, you know, starting in Massachusetts? Yeah, I think the hard part in Massachusetts is, again, I think, you know, with Romney Care, everybody is just under the expectation that I have insurance and insurance covers everything. Well, you know, that's not real insurance. That's what people have been made to believe. And they've also been made to believe that everything is ridiculously expensive in healthcare. And what we're trying to show is that, yes, there are a lot of parts of healthcare that are truly expensive, but primary care is not one of them. We've made it expensive by insuring it. And we're living in a state where 40% of the budget going towards healthcare at the expense of other, you know, social services, uh, education. And to me, that's just unacceptable. I find that as much as Massachusetts is ahead of the game and ahead of the curve in terms of medical research, and, you know, we we're 20 miles away from some of the best hospitals, you know, in the country, I think in terms of the delivery of care, we're kind of in the stone ages, you know, having health insurance does not equate to having health care. So it's all great to have insurance, but if you can't find a doctor who takes it or, it's a six-month wait to get in, and your only option is to go to the emergency room at, or an urgent or CVS minute clinic. That does nothing to improve your your health care. And I think that we've got a you know I've always been a firm believer in Occam's razor. You know that you try to find the unifying simple solution to a complex problem. Healthcare economics is certainly complicated, but why don't we start looking at simplified model uh, to make it better? You know I like analogies, and the analogy I always use with this is. You know, you would never go and buy a new home and and do a fancy kitchen and brand new bedrooms and brand new bathrooms if your foundation stunk. Fix the foundation first. And I think we have all the bells and whistles that we have here with high specialty driven care, but our foundation of primary care has been neglected, underpaid, undervalued, and completely made into just a machine. And until we fix that foundation, we've got to figure out a way to fix that foundation before we can start putting the bells and whistles on. Primary care is, uh, you know, kind of the foundation of healthcare and, you know, thinking about how to simplify and, you know, build that patient doctor relationship. So important. What do you think you're most excited about in terms of gold direct care? What do you think the future is in terms of, you know, the direct primary care model? I think the most exciting thing is that doctors, yes, want to make money and want to be compensated, but I think the mission of DPC is really where the heart is. And I think that when you have a good, solid mission and you're trying to do the right thing, eventually people will catch on and realize that, look, we chose primary care not to become multi-millionaires and billionaires. We chose it because it's about the, you know, we wanted to take good care of people and be available to people when they need us. The system around us is just completely crumbling. You know, ACOs don't work. You know, they keep trying it, but it's not going to work. In my opinion, I think there's a lot of data out there that supports it. So it's really this ground up approach that I think is going to you know, really fix it. And that's why doctors hopefully will eventually get on board. More and more doctors, more and more patients will get on board and realize that, hey, 
you know, as my, uh, you know, the question we always get is why should I pay twice for healthcare? Well, you already are, you know, your deductibles are going through the roof, your co-pays are going up, your co-insurance is going up. So you're going to pay one way or the other. So do you want to continue to pay bloated, you know, hospital and insurance prices, or do you want to pay an affordable monthly fee with negotiated lab imaging, affordable medication for the most part? And get care when and if you need it, and have a, have someone who can advocate and navigate the system for you. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Obviously, I see it from the other side too, and I know change is scary. But I think at some point, you know, my hope is that the door that I've built, instead of me trying to continue to knock it down, I, I, my hope is that other people will start knocking on it. I absolutely love it. I think it's going to be an exciting journey. So I want to go into not our typical hospital rounds, so business rounds. Jeff, what's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've been given is that, you know, nothing good ever comes easy. If it's easy, you may want to be a little skeptical of it. This is clearly something that, you know, is not an easy transition. But I, what I would say for docs who are unhappy or burnt out, and I'll even take it a step further than what you said, and in my opinion, suffering from PTSD, to reach out to us and, you know, let us help you, you know, guide you through it. Because, you know, this is a career and it's a profession. You know, you you chose this as, as a profession and it's more than a job. It's different than a job. And I think anybody who goes through medical school and goes into any field of medicine understands that, you know, the art form and the humanity and the calling has kind of been taken away. And, you know, we need, we need to bring that back and we need to work together to do it. And, um, you know, organizations like the AFP now or, and, and even the AMA to some degree are starting to get, you know, behind this model. I think they're realizing that something, you know, has to change. So, I mean, the best advice I've been given is it's not going to come easy, but you got to stick through it. You got to ride the wave and, you know, know that you're doing the right thing. So when you put your head on the pillow at night, you know, you can say you did something of value and, and tried to do things the right way. That's amazing, Jeff. Really love that. Really great advice. Do you have any kind of along the same lines? Do you have any daily success habits or something that you do on a daily basis uh, that you would attribute to some of your success? Yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of goes back to the analogy with healthcare is that the only time I've ever seen anything bad happen to a patient, you know, in either residency or my career is when a provider, you know, a physician or somebody doesn't admit that they don't know something. I think you have to, on a day-to-day basis, be able to admit the things you know, admit the things you don't know, and, you know, focus on your strengths, but continue to educate yourself on your weaknesses and try to improve them, but really be able to, you know, seek advice from, from people that, you know, may have better expertise in certain areas than you do. I mean, we're not, you know, built to be marketers. And so, I mean, that's the challenging part is, the medicine has become the easy part. You know, the medicine, you know, spending a minimum of a half hour with a patient and, you know, trying to help them out is that's the easy part. That's what we trained in. But the other stuff is now the, the challenging part and the hard part. You've got to be able to take feedback openly and kind of process it all and, and spit out, you know, the best solution that you think it works for your business individually. And, you know, we have a lot of things we haven't found the right answer. I mean, I don't know what the best form of marketing for this type of model is when, the biggest thing you're trying to do is educate, you know, I mean, we, we try to just get people in our door to listen to what we're doing and, and explain it to them and answer their questions. But, you know, it's, it's not an easy sell. It's a hard sell. You know, people are scared and fear is a very difficult thing to overcome. So I think trying to be patient, which unfortunately is not one of my strong suits, is a really important thing to learn because you've got to be able to see it from everybody's side of things in order to make this work. Going back to healthcare, Jeff, what 
in terms of direct primary care or just in general, what do you see the future of healthcare being? I hope that patients will demand better and I hope that doctors will demand better. I think the two biggest groups of people in this in this conglomerate or part of the system are the patients and the physicians. I think they've been the most beaten down and the most neglected, pushed aside. And I think my hope is that those two groups kind of unite together and start saying, hey, look, we, we've got to We've got to push for better. We've got to demand better. You know, we've got to get better value for where our healthcare dollar is going. You know, we want the freedom to pick who our doctor is and, you know, none of this like network garbage of, you know, an insurer saying that we're controlling quality. No, you're not controlling quality. You're controlling where people go. The best determinant of quality is the person receiving the care. You know, I think until we start providing better individualized care based on what individual patients need and want, that's what I hope is. I hope at some point I'm less of an outlier and more of the norm. That's an incredible hope and dream. And I think it hopefully something that will happen. Your vision for the future is exciting. Dr. Jeff Gold, before we go, I just want to send you some thanks and gratitude. I really admire the work and, and honor the work you're doing and really appreciate having you on the show. Great. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having you know. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.